Good morning and welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to join me today for another weekly episode, something that I hope will continue to serve you moving through the second half of this week and beyond, of course. Today's episode is really important for anyone who is trying to find a way to cultivate more motivation in their life and to redefine what motivation is for them so that they can sustain it and have it be something that works for them beyond the impulsivity of just that moment where you feel motivated and then it falls off and you somehow have to scramble to try to call that moment back in again. And a lot of that scrambling has much to do with the fact that we don't define motivation for ourselves. We know motivation to be what it has become in the mainstream, which is something that we dip into ever so often. It's not seen as something that's sustainable, but rather something that is circumstantial. And anything that is circumstantial is susceptible to our emotions, to the wavering feelings that we have as we move through life. And it becomes very difficult to maintain an effort to do anything that we are trying to do in our lives when we are so reliant on having an optimal emotional state in order to be able to do it. So this episode, I hope, will give you a tactical tool that I have seen work very effectively with my clients and I have seen it work through observation of others who don't even know that they're applying it when they are. So I want to talk a little bit about what an emotion is in the first place. As you all know, emotions are my game I love them because they are the basis of our entire truth, to be frank. They reveal everything that there is to know about who we are, who we've been, who we're becoming, how we feel. They are our truth. And whether we wear them so blatantly on our faces or we conceal them and tuck them away from plain sight, they are still so telling if we're willing to actually examine them. Because emotions are not something that we are known as humans to cultivate in ourselves, but to be susceptible to. And for that very reason, they tell the story of the things that we ought to be paying attention to, the things that we ought to be resolving in our lives. So an emotion, it's both a mental and a physiological state of feeling. And I want to place emphasis on the word feeling because feeling here stands in direct opposition to being. An emotion is not a way of being, it is a way of feeling because our being is so much deeper than the emotion that we experience. Our being lies far beyond even the subconscious level of our feelings that maybe we feel things and we aren't completely aware of them because they have yet to reach our awareness. But being is even beneath that because it is the core of who we are. 
And our feelings, if we aren't equipped to decipher them, if we aren't attuned to them, as I hope after listening to these episodes, you are becoming more attuned to listening to your feelings. Our feelings are rather transient. They're these things that we experience from time to time that are, again, so susceptible to outside forces, but they don't tell the complete story of who we are at the core. So this episode is about a practice that I like to call, um, or I have coined the term, emotional rooting, okay? And to help you understand what it means to emotionally root yourself for your own benefit, right? Because that's what we're going to be discussing here is how can you harness the power of your emotions to actually do what you want to get done? How do we use our own dare I say, flawed human emotionality to work for us rather than to invite the ego in and keep us from ourselves, keep us from doing what we know we want to do, the visions that have been planted in our souls. How do we get to a place where we can emotionally root ourselves productively? And I want to start uh, explaining this concept to you by offering an example. And if you consider for a moment what being nice can look like, consider the different ways that a person can be nice. Being nice to someone can be the result of a number of different things. For one, You could be nice to someone because you feel bad for how you treated them. So now you are offering up these niceties to compensate for what you've done because you are experiencing the feeling of guilt. So here, what I want you to note is that guilt is the feeling that then motivates the behavior of being nice. And that's what we're doing here is we're matching a feeling that we have to the behavior that it brings about because that is essentially how we move through life. We are feeling things constantly because there are things we can control that make us feel. There are things we can't control that make us feel. But no matter what's going on around us, we are going to feel something as a result of it even if that feeling is apathy. And that feeling is so important to be able to categorize and pin down because it is going to lead to a very predictable behavior. And so many of us are just performing these predictable behaviors and never tracking the actual feelings that are associated with them. And those that are tracking, they don't go one step further to actually inquire within, to see What prompted that feeling in the first place? That backtracking becomes so important for us to be able to actually alter our behavior. Again, I would assume favorably. If you're not behaving in a way that you want to, or if you're not getting the results, I should say, if you aren't getting the results that you desire, it is likely because you aren't behaving in the way that you need to in order to get that desirable outcome. So again, you can see that everything backtracks in a, in a straight line. It seems so straightforward when you consider it this way. 
There is a desired outcome. You're not seeing it in your life because there is a behavior that you're that you're repeating, something that you're doing or not doing. And that is not letting you get to that next step. And then tracking back further, that behavior that isn't serving you, which again, the behavior could be inactivity, failure to do something that you should. If you track it back further, it gets tracked to the feeling. What are you feeling that is making you act that way? And then further on from the feeling all the way at the forefront is the part that we have the hardest time identifying. The hardest part because we often try to suppress whatever pain point led to that feeling in the first place. And there is, of course, a very important system to follow because you can't it certainly isn't as easy as just digging into our past and trying to work through it all. There's a lot of trauma that comes with the past and our bodies physiologically are quite quite clever in that they have protected us from that pain, but at what cost? So there there are systematic ways for us to go back in time to clarify our pasts for ourselves because Often we don't know how we got here any more than anyone else knows how we got here. And it's our work. It is our work to go back and figure that out in the right way, in the right time. And so going back to our example of being nice, being nice, I said, could be the result of feeling bad for how we treated someone, right? So that feeling was guilt. Another reason why someone may be being nice is because they want something. If I want my friend to perhaps uh, buy me a great Christmas present, then maybe I'm going to be extra nice to them because I want to get what I want. And maybe that costs a lot or is hard to track down or whatever it is. But Here, if we want something and we're being nice because of it, the feeling we're experiencing is desire. We are craving something and we know that our behavior, being nice, will feed into that. It will ensure that we likely will get whatever it is that we're after. Being nice can also be the result of needing someone to do something for us right? You may want someone to do something for you because you desire the outcome of that. Or maybe you need someone to do something for you. And the the difference between wanting something and needing something is that the wanting is a desire. That's the feeling of desire. And the needing is fear. So if that didn't drop into the pit of your stomach, perhaps take that in one more time because Every one of us is motivated by fear, although in different ways. We all have something that leads us to behave in certain ways because we are fearful of what may happen if we do not behave that way. So no matter which of these reasons for being nice, it could be guilt, it could be desire, it could be fear, but the point is is that there is always a feeling a feeling that led us to behave in a particular way. So how can we use this 
How can we apply this in our own lives to motivate us in what we want to be doing? Motivate us to do what it is that we crave to be doing. How do we use our evolutionary biology to our advantage? And that's what I want to discuss today. And the true gold of this approach is that you are taking your pain points and you are turning them into your most useful motivators. So I want to ask you the question, what is currently your greatest motivator? What gets you up and doing the things that you don't want to do? The things that makes doing what you may want to do easier. And perhaps that's something driven by fear, by guilt, by desire, by the many other emotions that we feel. But I want you to really think about what your greatest motivator is right now. And I want you to track that back. So if, for instance, your greatest motivator is health, perhaps what gets you up and working out and partaking in your morning routine consistently every day, there you are going on a three-mile run or a five-mile run every single morning at 5 a.m. And your motivator is health. And you tell yourself that. You say, I want to be healthy. I want to feel good in my body. And that is why I do this. But what I want to challenge you to do here is take that a step further and say, well, why is health at the forefront of your mind? And perhaps you'll discover that it's not actually health that is motivating you, but a fear of illness. Perhaps you have many unhealthy people in your family. Perhaps you know a lot of people who are obese and suffer from chronic pain due to that obesity. Whatever it is, you want to be able to track back that behavior. Although you think that the feeling may be, oh, it's just good intention. It's just me wanting to take care of myself. You want to track the feeling deeper and try to understand what is actually the motivator. And more often than not, the motivator is negative over the positive, which is the story that we tell, right? So you tell yourself the positive story of, I'm doing this because, insert positive justification, when really you're doing it because, insert negative expectation of self if you don't step up, right? So I want you to consider what the pain point that is attached to your behavior that whatever whatever you're motivated to do consider the pain point behind it consider why that motivation doesn't dwindle for you why you're able to you know have you ever asked yourself i know i have so many times in my own personal have you ever asked yourself why is something so much easier for me to motivate quote unquote motivate myself to do than something else And the question then lies, are you really not motivated to do something or are you not directing your energy in the right place? Because we often think about motivation as though it's just this one big umbrella category in our lives and we're either motivated or we're not, but it doesn't work that way. 
Motivation is so intricately tied to our emotions. It's so intricately tied to every single detail of what we're doing and how we feel about it that you can't simply just say that I'm motivated. What are you motivated for? That becomes the question. And if you've ever wondered, well, why can I get myself to do this, but I can't get myself to do that? It comes down to you being willing to examine the feelings that are associated with it. And so why is it important for me to achieve this goal becomes the key question here that we need to be asking ourselves. Why is it important for you to achieve whatever you want to do that you're not doing? Why does it matter to you? So for example, if you have a fear maybe of your parents getting older and even of them getting ill as they get older, you may want them to see you win what they never got to win. You know, that's something that is so deeply motivating for me. When I think about the potential for my parents to to experience vicariously, but vicarious doesn't even, that word it lacks in, in the, the true depth of what I want them to experience. It, it's not even vicarious living so much as it is for them to just energetically feel what they sacrificed by coming to this country, by trying to do their best to ensure that I had an opportunity to be my best representation of what my soul's purpose was. So for me, this fear of, you know, my parents getting older and this desire, and if you notice here, these are two feelings that I mentioned previously that are coming up again, fear and desire. They're both feelings that are motivating behavior. And, you know, I want them to see me win, to see me win in ways that they never got to, to see me do and experience life and the world and, and success as I have defined it in ways that they never got to taste in their own lives. And maybe that's something that really motivates you too. I permit you to steal my deep rooting motivation if it applies to you and if you feel it as deeply as I do. And we use this and here's where emotional rooting comes in. My practice of emotional rooting, you take what means the most to you and you tie it so tightly to your goal. You make the connections between what you feel deeply and what you want to do. So again, for me, if I can tie my fear of, you know, not being able to show my parents the love, you know, because for me, this actualization of myself right? It's, it's very far from trying to live a life that your parents want you to live for you, which is a very big problem for so many of you. And I know I've spoken to um, a number of you about this and how you can overcome this, but this is so far from that. I want to make sure that everyone understands this desire to actualize your dreams is a form of love sharing, 
I love my parents so much and I want them to feel the energy that I have been able to call into my life through my hard work, through my devotion to self, to truth, and to purpose and impact. I want them to feel what it's like to take positive leadership in your own life because they come from a place where you weren't able to do that, where circumstance truly prohibited you from being able to do all of the things that your soul wanted from you. So for me, it's a huge achievement. It is a huge win in the, in the realm of love and purpose and meaning to be able to take what I get to do and to share that experience with my parents. So I'm emotionally rooting myself in my love for my family. I'm using that motivator to get myself to do the hard things that perhaps if I didn't tie it, right, I never loved them any less. But if I wasn't waking up and tying my goals, tying my to-do list with my adoration and deep-seated respect for my family and the sacrifices that they have made in order for me to thrive, the selflessness that comes with what they have given up in order to raise up their child. If I were not doing that and making that connection between those two things, it would be so easy for me to simply just say, eh, whatever, Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, maybe next year, who knows? Maybe when they release the next cool app and that gives me new opportunities. It is so easy for me to dismiss myself when I'm the only one who's on the line. As I am sure for you in your life, it is so easy to not do for yourself. It is easier, even for the most selfish individual, it is still easier to do for others than it is to do for ourselves because there is no tracking. Our ego is still present as we discussed in the previous episode. Your ego is still always there. And what your ego is going to want to do is it's going to want a claim. Now, if you are fortunate, your acclaim comes from bringing immense value to other people's lives, to improving the state of the earth, to improving the state of other human beings, emotional states, or whatever it is that you're contributing to people being better. If you're fortunate, then that is where you can program your ego to find the acclaim and the good stuff. But if you're not quite as fortunate or if you're still working to get there, then your ego is going to constantly interrupt and try to get you to behave in ways that just preclude you from doing what it is that you are so passionate about. And unfortunately, the way that it does that is it makes it very easy for you to give up on yourself. And that's exactly what I don't want to happen in your life. That's exactly what I don't want you to wake up every single morning and not have an emotionally rooted, an emotionally rooted leg to stand on. I want you to have two of those. And I want you to use them to walk on over to wherever you're doing your good work and to be able to build the life that you crave, the life that you desire for yourself and for the earth because those two things should go hand in hand. I hope that the work that you are doing is work that is contributing to the lives of others. I hope that it is contributing to the collective consciousness being 
raised beyond what it is currently, beyond the toxicity that exists in our world. So I hope that you learn to use this emotional rooting system. And again, so you want to be able to identify, again, it it all stems from awareness. Self-awareness is king here or queen, whatever you like. Um, Self-awareness here states, what are my behaviors? How am I behaving? And What are the feelings that are motivating those behaviors? It all goes back to that model, that four-part model, okay? You want to be able to identify the outcome, backtrack to the behavior, backtrack to the feeling, and then ultimately be able to backtrack all the way to whatever led to the planting of the seed that grew that feeling. So... Asking yourself these questions such as why is it important for me to achieve this goal and finding your emotional pain point that you could correlate positively with what you're trying to do and have that, have more meaning. It also, guys, this, this makes life more meaningful. It doesn't just get you to do what you want to do. I'm not just trying to drop, you know, extra pounds in your motivation bucket, what I'm trying to do is to really get you to understand who you are, to understand what you're made of, what drives you, what you crave, what what really just affects you in, in the most beautiful of ways. And that is the stuff that gets you to do the good stuff that you want to be doing. This whole self-help industry, it tends to drive me so crazy because there are so many people who are just trying to motivate you and motivate you to do what? I want you to reframe what motivation means to you so that you can be more of yourself. Not so that you can be motivated to do the things that other people are doing because you like the outcomes that they're getting from it. That's not the objective here. It will always be to get you closer to yourself. Because hopefully if you're here, if you consume my content, that is something that you care about. You're not here because you simply want to make it big or you simply want to get whatever desired outcome you've set forth for yourself without any understanding of what that means for your own humanity, what that means about who you are as an individual and the impact that you're going to have and what you're contributing to this world by existing here. So... Psychology refers to motivation and the things that motivate us as drives, these internal drives that we experience. And I want to ask if you know what is actually driving you or are you just being driven? What is the answer to that question? Do you know what your driving forces are? And are you satisfied with what they are? Maybe your driving force is something that is just trauma that has been pent up inside of you that you haven't given the proper care and attention to. 
And maybe that's something worth looking into as well. In fact, it it definitely is. Knowing helps us to ensure that we do not fall off when that thing, whatever it is that's motivating us, when that thing changes or disappears. We don't want to experience our own demise simply because we lost our motivator. You know, what if you have a partner who's really motivating and then you break up and then what will you do then? We cannot have our lives be contingent upon, our lives and our outcomes be contingent upon a motivator that we didn't deeply root in ourselves. Again, as I mentioned previously, if I'm using my my love for my parents and my desire to give back to them in the ways that they gave to me as my motivator... I'm not being motivated by them. I'm being motivated about what it says about me and what is true to me as a human being. That is an important distinction. The motivation has to be based on your internal framework, even if you're using it with the context of the outside world. Okay? When your body is out of balance, physiologically speaking, due to uh, changing emotional states, that is when you get drive. It is not when you are harmonious and everything is just la-di-da. You're just sitting in a meditative state. You're walking through life. You're just coasting. Here you are. It's you. Can you see it? It's you on a stream in in a tube of a natural lazy river. You're just coasting. That's not how drive works. And that is also why you see so much motivation that's all in your face, yelling at you and telling you everything that you are, that you shouldn't be and what you should be. And I'm not supporting that, to be clear. That's not my MO. There's a place for it, though. And the reason why it gets so many people hooked is because drive, again, comes from an imbalance. Things are not good and I'm not happy that they're not good. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. AKA motivation. Or so it's been marketed and sold to you as such. But anyone who actually understands scientifically, physiologically, what's going on in your body when you're trying to harbor motivation to get yourself to do something, will be able to tell you that something makes us act in an effort to restore balance. Essentially, it all goes back to balance. It doesn't go the way motivation on Instagram goes that yells at you, tells you all the ways that you suck so that you buy something so that you could suck less only to find out that you still suck, quote unquote, by industry standards. That's not what's going on here. You need to understand that there is something that is going to biologically Okay, this is biology. This is this is not glowology. This is biology. This is factually proven if you choose to believe the facts of science, which it's another debate for another time. But something makes you act because you want to restore the balance in your life. And so here is where emotional rooting is so important because you essentially have to work with the fact that you are an emotional human being. You do not have to try to suppress that fact. You do not have to try to overcome being emotional. You do not have to try to be less sensitive as the world tries to encourage you to be. What you have to do is to understand exactly how you are, how the emotions that we all have operate specifically within you, 
And then you have to be able to take those emotions and use them in a positive way by actually bringing awareness to the behaviors that come from those emotions or finding new behaviors that you can pair to those emotions. Goals, however, are our desired end states. It's where we want to be so that we can feel more at ease, right? We set a goal so that we can have something to work toward and so that we can restore our own personal homeostasis, our own internal balance, okay? So you want to use the fear of something, whatever fear you have, that's natural to you. I can't tell you what your fear is. And you want to use that fear to motivate yourself to prevent that something from happening, okay? So for instance, if you have a fear of poverty, Maybe you didn't grow up with money and now you are fearful that you will might at some point in your life go back to what you knew as a child. Maybe you didn't grow up in in a a very um, high socioeconomic area and you're still surrounded or have the voices of the, the people in that community and you carry that weight and it affects how you're moving through life even if perhaps you don't have any evidence that you would go back to that. Maybe you've gotten out of that circumstance, you've done well for yourself, but you still have this fear of poverty, okay? And you want to use that fear of poverty to motivate yourself to prevent what you're actually, actually saying by being fearful of poverty, which is, I'm not fearful of poverty as much as I am fearful of going back and and being who I was and regressing, okay? And that regression is what gets under your skin because it's so close to you. It's such an intimate experience for you having been there yourself, having memories that are stored deep inside of your brain. You know what it tastes and feels like. And so it is something that is so powerful for you. And maybe that is what you pair and emotionally root yourself with And it gets you out of that space and it gets you out of your bed and working on whatever it is that you need to do to ensure that you have a stable income, to ensure that you have multiple sources of income, whatever it's going to take to counter that fear. Again, as we spoke about before, if poor health is your fear and you're working out really, really hard and, you know, maybe what's actually the underlying emotional pain point is that you don't want to be sick because you maybe have had to care for a lot of sick people and you know what that looks like and you don't want that so you take that and you emotionally root yourself and you tie that to the goal that you're you're trying to go after to restore homeostasis but the key here is that is not for you to constantly live in this hyper anxiety state where you're constantly just creating this nervous emotional energy and that's the only way you can get things done because that is not sustainable in itself. The point is to get you to act so that it can become habitual. That is the gold at the end of this lecture, if you will. This message 
You don't want to forever be in this constant fight with your own biology of having to be motivated and having to link that with, okay, what am I afraid of? Okay, this, this really hurts me. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to think about all the things I'm scared of. And then that's going to get me out of bed. Of course not. What that's going to do, it's going to make you a wreck. If you, if you're truly motivated, um, you know, and, and anxious about the fears the, the point of this whole practice is to get you more firmly rooted in yourself, to get you more aware of what you're experiencing, what your blocks are, to getting you to face those blocks, to getting you to understand what you care about. It all comes down in the end of this spiral to you understanding yourself better so that you can end the use of this pairing of feeling to motivation and instead create a habit of acting in a certain way after you have alleviated that fear. So now the fear can still be there. It's still your fear. If you were always afraid of poverty, you still have that fear. It won't go away, but you've alleviated the fear and replaced it with productive action. And with time, If you can get yourself motivated through emotional rooting, what ends up happening is that the actual fear no longer takes precedence over your life. It doesn't affect you in the ways that perhaps it did before that kept you from getting to where you're going because you now have control over it. You're now the driver of that fear. So now the fear is no longer a reaction that you have. The fear has become a motivator. It is your positive hold on whatever that fearful experience is that you're trying to avoid. To get the most out of emotional rooting, you want to be as specific as possible. You want to find what tugs at your soul the most. What is it that really connects with you so deeply that makes you think, yep, this is me. This is it for me. And even for those of us who maybe aren't so sure, maybe you don't know what your purpose is, maybe you're, you're still trying to navigate, there are still things that your body will respond to if you allow yourself the space to actually think through some of the questions that we've mentioned throughout this podcast episode. If you confront yourself, you will find answers. The answers are not in some random workbook that you found online. They're not at your local guru's office. You have the answers to your own life because your life is curated by you. So I hope that you consider going back, rewinding, replaying, taking notes, writing down the questions that we covered here because This will help you not only take steps, hopefully leaps and bounds, closer to yourself, but it will allow you to really understand your own emotional states, to really be able to control how you feel so that you can feel better. 
I love you guys so very much and thank you for spending this time with me. I really look forward to Wednesdays here on this platform because soon after publishing these episodes, I get to have the real dialogue with you all off of this recording. So again, I always encourage you, please reach out to me. Send me a DM. Send me a voice memo on DM. Send me an email. Whatever you want to do or feel comfortable with, if you have a question, if you have something to contribute, this is a space for both of us, for you and I and everyone else in this space. It is a place for us to work through ourselves so that we can get closer to one another in the ways that we see fit. So if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't yet, please do take a moment to rate and review the podcast so that we can keep reaching more people, so that we can keep helping more people as a community because you guys are the force behind this content. And again, I could not be more grateful that you are here, that you have chosen to spend your precious time to give your brilliant attention to me. And I will see you back here next Wednesday.